dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lines how's it going uh it's going pretty good outside of a thing that happened today that has nothing to do with gaming so i'm gonna save this whole story for the after show um, oh yeah which, yeah which people can get the after show if they <gasps> No, no, it's not time yet. No, but, it's not. But I mean, well, it could be. Should we explain what we're doing first? Yes, yes, you should explain what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're old and we're tired and we wanted to make sure we would have the space to give games, uh, you know, kind of what they deserved before we were going to review them. Um, there are, are some gaming podcasts I listen to that are weekly and they play a different game every single week. And frankly, I don't know how they do it. Like, they, I guess they don't have other hobbies or maybe they don't have spouses or children or maybe their children and their spouses are like part of their gaming hobby. Like I don't, I, I can't fit in the amount of time I often want to give to games that we play. Right. Um, and so we were talking about like, how do we uh, make sure we have more time to play a game, but also like we still like recording every other week. So how do we make sure we still are, are putting out that sweet, sweet content machine. Uh, because the monster needs to be fed. And also we enjoy talking to each other or some bullshit. So, um, or whatever, whatever, (laughs) or whatever. So, uh, what we settled on is, uh, games will now get a month instead of two weeks, which means a review episode, every other episode, and those alternate episodes, uh, will now be, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Do you want me to commit it to the record right now? Yeah, man, let's do it. No nostalgia goggle episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's, it can never be changed ever now. Yeah. Um, and it, so it is set in stone. <laughs> these will be uh, episodes where we're still going to talk about gaming. It's still going to be like all us talking about the games we're playing, uh, but not reviewing any one specific game. So we're both going to bring uh, some topics and and have more of a general chat. It may skew retro if we're playing retro games. It may skew modern if we're playing modern games. Uh, so this will be the end of new nostalgia goggles so we're not going to review any more new games anymore because if we're playing new games we can talk about them here um right. and, and i suspect uh based on a few of the things i already have in my backlog like oh these are games we might have considered finding a way to play for new nostalgia goggles so uh <laughs> that actually it, thematically will carry on just fine um also uh, i decided this because i want to keep the shilling special uh, we will still do a little front-loaded shilling because you gotta you gotta do a little front-loaded shilling. But yeah, you gotta shill. Yeah. But I, I want you to save the names of the special patrons for the review episodes only, which which makes sense. You know, right. I may I may once in a while do do uh, names on this one if I had like some throwaway thing that I wanted to do, like <laughs> some, you know, like when I did B roll. Well, no, like like when I did the uh, um, Sailor Moon lyrics. You know, mm, it was just like, that's fair. Eh, this, or, or, or when I did uh, some of the darkest dungeon things, where I'm like, this is actually more for me than for anyone else, you know, <laughs> because because you get the good stuff on the actual episodes. If I'm going to do if I'm going to do do a, a, a side slinging thing, it's, it's going to be it's going to be on this. Yeah, that, that's fair. And I also uh, as these are going to be more timely than the review episodes, which I would like to believe are more timeless. Uh, more people are going to hear those 
on the review episodes because they're going to seek those out, right? People people come literally from all corners of the world to listen to our reviews, which I'm saying that and it's like a little sarcastic, but it's also kind of true. Like we literally have listeners in countries that I would not have imagined we would have listeners in, which is sort of amazing. Yeah, it is. But it is a little... Um it's very marketing. We have people coming from every corner of the world when really looking at the numbers, it's like we have person that come from every <laughs> corner of the world. Right. Yes. You know, yes. At least <laughs> one person has come from the yeah. various corners. And when we say, cause, cause we have people in certain countries that listen to us. Right. And then on some of the other countries, we have person that has listened to us. Yeah. Which if you are a listener and you think you're in the weirdest location and you want to reach out, one of the ways you can do that, see, now I've brought it back to shilling. Yep, yep. One of the no, ways nice. that you can do nice. that <laughs> is you can go years of practice, man, is you can go uh, onto our website, nostalgiagoggles.audio, and you can fill out that contact form. You can hit both of us on Twitter. We even have a goddamn Discord now. So if you want to talk to us in like semi real time, because we both have jobs, uh, you can do that. That's a thing you can do. All these links and all that crap are in the show notes. So go find that there. Uh, if you want to support us, you can always leave a rating and review or, you know, just find a game that you love and recommend that review episode to a friend. Uh, or if you want to go crazy, you can support us on Patreon. Those people get the after show. And if they support at a high enough level, we will even shout them out sometimes with names on these episodes, sometimes not. Uh, but those people are Michael, Jacob, Yarno, Jason, John, and Kevin. And they they help they help us, you know, have the financial resources to make this possible. Plus, they get the after show, which is pretty cool for them. Yes. I mean, it's cool for everyone, you know. It's especially um, cool for them. I mean, yeah, because they, they get to hear us swear, you know. Not everybody gets to hear that. That's true. Uh, so for these conversations, um, I thought it would be fun because we've gotten questions uh, about like, hey, why do you do this? Or what about that? Or, oh, you didn't dive very deep on this thing. And I've been kind of like slowly collecting those over the ages. So one of the things uh, that we get asked all the time that I feel like uh, the answer is not that exciting, but at least now, like I can commit it to to tape. And then if anyone ever is like, oh, hey, what about this? Now I can do the cross promotional thing of saying like, oh, go listen to this episode where I explain the whole thing. Right. Exactly. Uh, so uh, we got a listener question in our mailbag uh, that is, uh, why is the theme song to Nostalgia Goggles? The world is saved. And uh, the answer is kind of dumb. I really love that song. So uh, <laughs> somebody did, I don't know if it's the official video or if it was like a fan video, uh, but the way I learned about that song is uh, there's a like pixel art music video that alternates between the games that the protagonist is playing and his actual life, just like the song kind of alternates between his real life and and the games that he's playing. And I just, like completely it was one of those things where like i saw the youtube video and i just watched it like a thousand times on repeat <laughs> like i just and i don't usually do that but i just completely fell in love with the idea of like this is such a great way were i ever to be in a position where i had to explain to someone like oh why do you like video games so much it's like well just go watch this youtube video and if you come out on the other side of that like because the song's like three and a half minutes we only use a portion of it uh, if you come out on the other side of that and you still don't understand like why someone who plays video games plays video games, then you're just never going to get it. Like this is pretty much as clear visually and orally of an argument that you could make to someone like 
why do you read books? Why do you watch movies? Why do you play video games? It's basically the same, except you actually get to do the things, right? And and I just, I love the music and the, the song has like all these super dramatic swelling parts that most people probably don't hear because they listen to a podcast on their phone speaker sped up and the song probably sounds like crap, but it's a really fun piece of music. And I contacted uh, Danny when, uh, when we were getting ready to start this show and I said, hey, I love this song. Can I please use this as the theme song to this like video game themed podcast? And he was just the nicest dude. He was like, yeah, <laughs> totally. No problem. I love that you love it. I, my music is there for people to enjoy. So if that'll help people hear it, you know, that like, absolutely. Thank you for checking. But yes, do do whatever you want with it. And to this day, I still get copyright takedown notices from YouTube because their automated robot sees that the song is owned by him. And every time I tell them, but I have permission. I have written. I literally have written permission from the author, but it's a robot, so the robot doesn't care. Yeah, uh, yeah the robot's like, like, hmm, no, I don't think so. You know, I think that um, because the way that it came to me was, you said, "Hey, I got a cool intro, um, you know, song," and I was like, "Oh man, that's awesome!" And and you know, then I listened to the whole thing. I was like, "This is pretty good." And to your point, I think that uh, yeah. First of all, I don't think that anybody listening to this podcast is going to be hopefully in the crowd of. Yeah, video games are dumb. You know? <laughs> no, probably not. I mean, it's a, the, the people listening to this right now are a pretty self-selecting group. But uh, but that being said, is that I do remember, um, you know, is that I think one of the things that, and this is a little bit more philosophical than we probably need to go into, but safe, safe space, um, is, uh, is that, you know, is, is video games, we grew up with games um, being for children. And they were for us, right? But then, you know, we, we all grew up and we were like, hey... This is not for kids, you know? Um, and, <laughs> I, and I still want vi- more of this, please. Right, because uh, originally video games were lobbed in with games like Candyland. And then all of a sudden people were like, oh, it, it can be a, a novel. Or it can be this other thing. Or it can be this other thing. But it it, it is art because it can make you feel feelings like art does. And uh, and I still though remember at one point um, us being in Kung Fu and um, just having a discussion and uh, one of our friends saying, um, well, you know, when I get older, I'm I'm not going to play video games. Yeah. And- I, sorry for the listeners. Uh, we're having this discussion at like 22. Right. So yeah. we're not 12 year olds when this discussion right. is happening. And, and this person literally used the phrase when I get older. And it's like most people who are 22 are kind of smart me about being an adult already. But I'm sorry <laughs> I interrupted yes. you. Yeah. Yeah. So so it, it was you, me for, for the purposes of the story. It was you, me uh person a and person b so person a says oh well, when i when i get older i'm uh, i'm not going to play video games anymore and we the, we had just been discussing the value of video games basically what i just said and and i believe you said why and he said <laughs> well video games are for children so when i am no longer a child i will cease to play video games and both of us like looked at each other in horror as we're as both of our minds are trying to grind as fast as they can to fit because it's just like when when homer says to apu it's like come on apu it's a civil war reenactment so we need plenty of indians to shoot and it's like i don't know what part of that to correct (laughs) first right you know so so we're both trying to come up with a cogent argument and then all of a sudden person b from like across the room goes why do you bother to come to it like this man you know and and, (laughs) yeah that so the moral of that story is that if you listen to the song and you're like no nah, man I, I still i still think video games are just for kids and it's like then why are you here don't, don't why, why are you come to stuff like this man <laughs> yeah no I, I like that uh if somehow you downloaded a gaming podcast and listened to it 
and then also sought out the entirety of the song that is used as the intro and outro music to that gaming podcast and you somehow still have questions yeah. go away yeah <laughs> what, what, why, why are you here this isn't for you you know it's it's like that we've we've done we laid it all out there you have all the information you could possibly need to decide if this is for you yeah hey here's here's this nice thing that i think you'd enjoy that's dumb mm-hmm. okay so uh there's the door yeah. uh you know <laughs> um so are you are you ready to talk about video games let's talk about video games all right let's so talk uh, about it what what are you playing and why should i care what i am playing currently is is two games and normally this is is kind of the way it goes i have the game that i am obsessively playing and normally obsessively play for about three months and then i have the new game i'm playing with teddy so uh the the two so th- those two things will probably be pretty wildly <laughs> split you know <laughs> um what are you playing i'm playing god of war and Candyland. <laughs> uh, but no i'm playing um if if they're ever like close like you don't you're not sure someone would be able to figure it out like maybe we make them guess Ooh, yeah yeah well so see if you can guess this one um the game moving out and darkest dungeon <laughs> okay so i i mean i can't guess because obviously i know your family well, right but, right yeah. you know but but you know go ahead uh write in call subscribe <laughs> go, go outside of your house and scream uh i don't oh, think we've been getting a lot of uh, classic like, oh right crap. uh that we need like a <laughs> mug or a t-shirt or something <laughs> yeah if you want to contact me go outside of your house and scream uh but uh yeah so so i've been playing darkest dungeon the reason why you should care about moving out is it is a truly delightful game to play with a young child because it's like you remember the game co-op you know <laughs> uh, yeah i mean yes i do i just did not expect that to be the comparator it, it is it is that game but like you you're working as a team to move somebody out of an apartment but it has that type of physics to it so everything's all of your inputs are a little delayed you know oh, and i just realized that when you have talked to me about moving out i was picturing the game unpacking mm, which no, is like a super game. zen chill game so moving yeah, no. out is a quap like yeah oh yeah. no okay i'm yeah. glad so, i've not so, recommended this to anyone <laughs> <laughs> no so it's it's great because literally the point of the game is to get the person moved out right and so you have like the 10 to 20 things you've got to get out of the house and it's got to get out of the house and into the moving truck by any means necessary you are allowed to break windows break doors you're encouraged to do all this sort of stuff in fact it, in order to get like a gold medal you have to do some of those things um <laughs> You can press if you're both holding um, either side of a heavy thing. If you press square, you kind of start to rock it back and forth and can swing it. So, like, one of the best ways to clear some of the levels is to throw furniture out of the second story. <laughs> so that way it lands on the first story and then somebody can, like, catch it and run it into the truck. You know, it's a uh, it is delightful to play with a six year old, you know, because yeah. now that this uh, I my conceptions were my misconceptions were were prevalent, but you have uh, sold me completely. now. <laughs> And then there is, of course, Darkest Dungeon, which is where the uh, main thrust of my my notes will be on on discussion topics and things like that. So uh, that's a that is a great game. It it does horror really really well. And uh, yeah, just I, I this is one one game that I I played a whole lot, and uh, I go back to at least once a year. Um, it's a blast. And in this particular time, I went back to it for a very specific reason because I have a coworker that. Uh, you know i recommended it to and he started playing it and he's like this this game's pretty awesome i'm like yeah oh no i'm back into it now (laughs) (laughs) all day it's just like he said its name three times and like beetlejuice you just appeared and started playing it yeah well especially because he said oh i think i got this killer combination of 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 
you know, people. And I said, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I stack this and stack that. And as he's saying it, like his voice is receding back <laughs> and just falling into the darkest dungeon. <laughs> but it, what are you it, playing and why should I care? Has the second one come out yet? It's in, it's in uh, uh, early beta. access or whatever. It's in early yeah. access or beta or something like that. But it's supposed to come out for the PlayStation, I think, l- early next year. I think I think February rings a bell. Okay. So and, uh, future topic for sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Here's the sad thing, though. I've probably poured 180 hours into this game. I have never beaten it. Really? It, really. It's tough, dude. I you know? Did not, I did not realize that. I mean, the yeah. game. the game loop is such that unless you deeply care about the narrative, I don't feel like you have to finish the narrative to continue enjoying it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you definitely don't. And then also, also too, I mean, like it's, it's just, it's hard. And, and, and it's, it's a, a roguelike that where, you know, when a character dies, they're just dead, you know, there, and there's no saving, there's no one doing so. Uh, and so, and the, the interesting thing is the darkest dungeon, right? The, the, uh, eponymous, you know, uh, area of the game. Uh, cause it's from the title. Maybe I forget what titular means, but I know eponymous is like the thing that it's named after. You look that up. Ooh, I will um, do that. Hey, we can do research. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, a whole world is open up. Yeah, I found this called the internet. Some weird stuff on there, but some good stuff too. You know, <laughs> mostly uh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if by by unit volume. I mean, God, yes. Um. So, uh, so you can go to the darkest dungeon really early in the game. You know, I think once you have a character that's level three, you could go hit it up you you won't survive it it will destroy you but the thing is that you know so right now i'm in the phase of the game where and and for additional reasons it's worse this time where i'm like all right i've beaten all of the 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 low level bosses i've beaten all of that i've got a bunch of these buildings made i've got a bunch of characters that are level six i i gotta go i gotta go into the darkest dungeon i don't but <laughs> but what but what if they die man you know like i don't they, i can't bring them back you know it's just but I, I mean, it, but the game will never be beaten if I don't do this, you know, so I'm just I'm at that weird tipping point where I'm like, I don't I don't know, man, like if I just if I just walk away right now, they all survive, you know, like they will just live on. But yeah. they, they can. Yeah. Well, yeah. isn't the place they live in like horrible, though? Maybe sending well, them in there is a kindness. Well, so that's the weird thing is that um, so they the, they don't live in the hamlet. They have come there as workers, you know, so like they are. Uh, they're mercenaries, right? I, I think he says because the ancestor has this amazing voice. But he's like, you know, um, like like mercenaries and outlaws, brigands and heroes, fools and corpses. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, and um, and so that's the thing is that they come, and so uh, two, there's two ways that they can leave, right? Which is they die, or you can dismiss them, right? And Sometimes you dismiss them, and and so the way I'm playing it is a little bit different, and I'll save that. But like, um, so you can just dismiss them because they're too broken, you know, like their stress is too high, they've got too many diseases, and you just dismiss them. And then uh, two my two favorite ways that things that he says because every time you dismiss somebody, the ancestor says a line, right? Is he says, um, uh, "Never suffer the lame horse or the broken man," you know? <laughs> uh, he says that he says this one has become vestigial. Ugh. They are of no more use to us, Ugh. you know. And then he Ugh, says, uh, "Such word choice." I know, right? Um, and he says, uh, "He goes like, um, wide eyes, a, a hunched back, and a stumbling gait. This one is of no more use to us, 
you know it's like yeah you basically drove this person insane and then sent them back into the world a broken okay, well, human is like, thanks for working at ancestor corp yeah that uh you know you can find your final paycheck uh you don't know where it is you don't out, even know who i am Get out, out there in the woods <laughs> <laughs> with the dogs yeah but uh, just let him let him out of the side of the carriage like, you're free now <laughs> But yeah, so so when we get to the the meaty stuff, I've got because I I found a way to make this notoriously hard game even more difficult. And cool. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I and I did this to me. But what what are you playing, and why should I care? Uh, titular and eponymous are synonyms. So excellent. <laughs> I thought that they were, but I, I knew I knew I'm like I know eponymous is right. I, but I was really afraid there was going to be some like niggling little difference where it's like ah one of them is technically more accurate than the other, but it seems like they're <laughs> just straight synonyms. Um, Excellent. Doing research. Wild. Uh, I am playing um, sort of near Automata, finally, because nice. yep. you played that years ago. I never played it. I just heard a lot of reviews about it. Why did I think you had played it? Because the ending is one that I've, I've, I've heard deconstructed as like a way to actually be do a good thing in a video game as opposed to selfishly doing good things. Yes. And and I, I talked about it at length, which absolutely could have given you the idea that I played it, but yes. I did not. No, but that that is I, the way you talked about the the ending. And I've seen like YouTube videos and stuff about like the philosophy in the game. And I was like, OK, I'm going to finally get around to this. So like I had some extra bucks sitting around in Steam specifically. Um, and I was like, OK, I'm going to like I gotta spend it on a game. So I'm going to I'm going to finally buy this game and start it. And then work nonsense happened and i like i am i haven't given up on it but i haven't played it in like a week or two um and i'm also finishing up uh trials and tribulations which is the third phoenix Wright game in the original trilogy which after we recorded that episode and i was allowed to do research i did confirm originally the the three games were written as one cohesive story right so it's 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 one like this is how everything goes for these characters at this time in their life, right? Some people live, some people die, things are happy, things are sad, but like this is their their story. Their story. Yeah. yeah. And then they they went on and made crossover games and prequels and sidequels and stuff and whatever. But like the the original three games, the reason every single list says those three games are the best three games is because they were so much more like pure, right? Like we want to tell this story about these characters, we're gonna use these mechanics, and all the way up through the third game they haven't added or changed anything right so it's just it, it's like it's like avatar last airbender right you know where it's it's like why why is avatar so avatar so good because they book one book two and book three are all part of this cohesive story you know like yeah it's it's amazing because then at the end of season three they were like we're making a lot of money we should do a season four no story's over yeah, we told yeah. the story yeah we're done this was a story we could tell another story but this story's done um that's actually uh my my new gold standard for that in television is uh uh gravity falls yep because yeah. the, and the only reason i say that is even like i hold that to an even higher standard than avatar is because it does the exact same thing but in in an even more distilled way because it is only two seasons the seasons i think are actually shorter and every episode like if you haven't watched gravity falls first watch it then Every episode that feels like, oh, this is like a fluff episode. No, they're not. They all pay off. There's a hundred percent payoff in that show. And that's <laughs> that's incredible, right? And and the thing yeah. is, Avatar is like such a close 
Second, because even the fluff episodes are still good and interesting and there's character development, but there are some that if they lift it out, it wouldn't change anything, right? Gravity Falls has none of that. Yeah, I think uh, uh, for me, I, I'd say uh, I still I still love Avatar because of all of that amazing payoff and also just the philosophy behind it is just so solid. I actually used that recently because I, I don't think I told you I started um, teaching Kung Fu at the uh, local rec center, you know? You did not um, tell me that. Yeah, that, so that's uh, so, going to show up in the after show. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is that, you know, so I was talking to to one of the guys after after, you know, the session and uh, I said, like, do you have any questions? Said, I said, so many questions. And I said, cool. So uh, like, what do you have? And I spoke with him for spoke with him for a little bit. And he said, like, just got one more question for you. And I said, sure. What's up? And he says, uh, what, what can I check online to, like, get more information on this? And I said, have you have you? familiar with eastern philosophy and he said yeah and i said you've read the Tao Te Ching? he goes yeah and i said do you remember the parable about the cup and he goes <laughs> no and i was like well the thing that makes a cup valuable is the fact that it's empty so you can come in here with a full cup but i will not be able to put any additional liquid into it so if you want to learn kung fu from me just come with an empty cup and he was like that's amazing <laughs> and just suddenly i was like did, did i just grow a, a, a three foot long white beard you know like in that one moment <laughs> oh well where'd this beard of wisdom oh, oh, oh come my. from <laughs> but yeah so so to your point is uh is yeah it's um the, the phoenix Wright saga has like that nice crisp man and you you can tell with games like that right it just it just has when, when you're like man that's 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 a pretty tight game series it's like then it was probably written that way you know well and every weird character that shows up in the first two games that like then goes away they all eventually come back in a way that is meaningful right so like it's like oh uh, this is just the person that's involved in this case oh wait they're back like okay they're they're back because they're now uh like their orbit is decaying into Phoenix's like main story. So some people's orbit is like way out there and they just like kind of dip in uh, like Haley's Comet style, right? Like they come close, but it's very seldom. And then you have like other characters that are like the moon and are just right there with you, like title locked all the time. And I'm super proud of this analogy. I really, really like what I've done with my day. Um, <laughs> just proud of what I've done today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also eventually want to talk about a game called Neon White, uh, mostly because I want to like voiced it on you like i sort of really want you to play it okay yeah i mean i'll i'll i'll, I'll give it a shot I, I recently got the the playstation extra whatever where i can rent a bunch of playstation games and stuff so oh. um yeah have you have you heard about that it's kind of cool i i know that it exists and i what i specifically learned about it was am I going to be paying any more money now? And is there anything in the more expensive tiers that I will, like, I definitely want to start paying money for. And the answer was no. And maybe so like, <laughs> like that, I just wanted to make sure like my monthly is not suddenly going to jump up when they're like, Oh, it's, you know, $20 a month now instead of 10 or it's, you know, $150 a year now instead of a hundred or whatever. So like I knew I would keep the rights I had for the amount I was paying and that they were adding more stuff. Right. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's an additional $30 a year, you know? So it's, and, and the thing, so that means that if it keeps you from aberrantly buying one game that you wouldn't have liked, it paid for itself and it is the reason one of the reasons why i got it is because it is in my opinion the modern day equivalent of everybody going to blockbuster and picking the game that you were renting for that weekend <laughs> you know so so now teddy and i sit down on a saturday and i say you get to rent a game what game do you want to try and he then 
peruses the library and says, that one looks cool. I'm like, let's download it. Let's give it a shot. You Ooh, know, such generosity. When my kids are trying to pick music, because like we always listen to music at mealtimes, they want to look at the album art on my phone. And I'm like, no, from memory, what do you want? <laughs> the Internet is infinite. Yes, there's too much. <laughs> when, and, you know, he'll go through. And, and the nice thing is that Teddy automatically, you know, some of like the more intense games, he doesn't even ask about them. He doesn't see them. He goes like, oh, this one looks like a cartoon, you know, so. Yeah, I guess the cover of like Call of Duty Modern Warfare probably doesn't really speak to a young child because it's like super gritty and brown and green yeah it's supposed to be the one that's jumping out and all over the place but uh yeah what's uh what's 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 neon white about so neon white is basically like a 3d celeste game and the reason i say that is because it is precision platforming in 3d which generally is terrible So what makes this game interesting is they ask you to do precision platforming in a really broad definition of success, which means if you are willing to put up with the things that make 3D precision platforming difficult, there are higher rewards for performing at a higher level. But to just feel like you did something cool and to finish the level at a big scare quotes high level of success um you actually don't have to be all that good uh until the end when there's a massive difficulty spike and actually still as of recording have not finished this game because the difficulty spike at the end is bananas so what makes it uh like kind of a a wild gameplay loop is you first off the story is like anime bananas so if you can't either ignore (laughs) that or you don't enjoy that like that it's a lot there's a lot of i'm fine with it because of the time i grew up in history like yeah bring it on steven bloom the guy who voiced spike in cowboy bebop even does the voice of the main character so it's like 90s anime all the way down so you uh it you know it's first person shooter style camera uh you have to get from point a to point b and you have to kill all the monsters between point a and point b that's that's it a level takes like i would say for the first 70 percent of the game most of the levels can be done in less than 60 seconds so they're super short and they're little self-contained puzzles it's there usually isn't 400 different ways to get through level but the thing is there are like five different ways to get through the level and the first way is the obvious way the second way is like oh okay that was like a little tiny bit faster and then like ways three four and five are maybe you would not have even thought of that on your own but it's so much faster and because you get rewarded for how quickly you finish the level that's where the like how much precision 3d platforming do i the player want to choose to engage in like that that's where that element kind of comes in um because the levels are super short and you can like trigger button to restart at basically any time it becomes more like kind of the feeling of like if you were trying to master like a a really tricky like guitar lick where you don't play the entire three minute song over and over you play just that part that you're trying to master right those like eight bars or whatever just like as fast as you can you know, start slow and then speed up and uh it's it's really satisfying because the game just makes you feel like you're good at video games like you do these dashes and these double jumps and you you know shoot this thing and it explodes which rockets you over here and so you shoot that guy like as you're falling because it's faster than like landing on the ground and then shooting him so you just feel like a badass all the time which is like fun right uh the thing you might like about it just because it's like the veneer is 
shallow, but it's the kind of thing that you might be like, oh, this this tickles like a certain part of my brain. The guns that you pick up are cards. And so if you fire the gun, the card like grays out. So like the I think the pistol is yellow. So like as you fire your pistol and you run through ammo, the the color like goes out of the card or you can discard the card and use its special ability. But now you don't get to shoot it anymore, but you you can discard it regardless of how much ammo it has. So what you end up having to do in the early part of the game is either obviously shoot the gun or obviously discard the gun and use whatever its special power is. And then by the end part of the game, you have to like shoot, shoot, then discard, then get this other one, shoot, discard, then get this other one and then shoot all the way down to where it has one shot left and then discard it. Right. So like where you really lose your margin for error in the back part of the game. (laughs) Like you basically have to perform near perfectly. So it's, it's a, it's like a weapon from a, a borderlands. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's um it's really fun. The story is dumb as hell, but honestly, personally, I love the story. Like it's so dumb, it's so cheesy, it's so nineties anime, and I am totally cool with that. So uh yeah, but it, there's demon face man and Oh, they're all demon girl? face people. So yeah. uh really broadly, the story is uh you die and you're a bad person in life, so you go to hell. And then every year or every 10 years or something, uh, demons try and invade heaven. So angels bring you bring bad people up from heaven because they're good at killing people. So they bring you there to kill demons. So hmm. the masks have explosives so, in them. So, so, so you're a white hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ba- I mean, basically. Yeah. It's like, oh, you are a criminal, but we're not, you, it's uh, catch me if you can. Like, come be a yeah. criminal for good. <laughs> yeah. come, come be a criminal for me because you know how to criminal. Yes. So uh, it's it's really silly and dumb, but the gameplay loop is super fun. Like I, said, I actually haven't finished it because the difficulty spike is bananas, but I think you would enjoy the gameplay loop a little bit because of the, the collectible card mechanic, but the collectible card mechanic gets deeper when you're trying to do some of the side challenges because then you don't spend them in the obvious way to do traversal. You have to spend them in stupid ways to try and like do traversal they don't want you to do or to like find a hidden item that you like give to someone which advances the story so it's it's very dumb and fun and i don't know if i'll actually finish it because like i got out of it the feeling of i'm good at video games that i wanted and now the difficulty is spiked so much i'm losing that feeling a little bit <laughs> which is making the game lose a little bit of its attraction for me well and also too i mean you, you know me I'm the, I'm the king of this game has ceased to bring me joy i am not going to finish it like <laughs> i remember at one point and this still drives megan off the wall uh it, there, oh i forget the name of the series but it's it's this big three-part series written by famous author about lord of the rings uh, it, yeah 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 that's, that's <laughs> the one that's the one i couldn't remember um <laughs> uh but 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 they, each one was like a tome of like you know it's 500 pages right you know and so i read the first book it was amazing read the second book fantastic third book in the trilogy uh stopped 10 pages short of the end and just never picked it back up and and, and that it's like nails on a chalkboard to megan and she said why don't you want to finish i'm like i mean i got the gist you know? <laughs> I, I i know what they were gonna say you know and she's like but but what if they said something different i'm like yeah i don't think so it's fine though like i'm happy with the joy this book has brought me and i'm happy with the ending i have in my head so i'm good yeah we're done and and that just yeah so and, and if no, you can no get, notes for me on yeah, abandoning if, it if you can get neon white on 
PlayStation Extra, whatever it's called right now, um, that would I would say that would be the ideal way for you to play it because the game loop is it doesn't have the ups and downs of Celeste's like tension and release cycle of here's a bunch of frustrating gameplay and then here's some like release cycle in the story mode because the the difference is the gameplay really incentivizes you to go faster right because there's like badges so it's like or medals or whatever so it's like bronze medal and silver medal gold medal and then the blue metal spirit metal i don't know it has some name um but so if you like if you get to the silver metal you don't get the same reward as if you get to the gold or the blue metal so now you're like okay i'm gonna sit here and just like grind this level until i can get it okay i gotta shave off another like tenth of a second okay another like 25th of a second okay another like 500th of a second okay bam there now i nailed it and because you control how long you do that the tension and release cycle is a variable length that is sometimes harmful to your health <laughs> you will put too much time in yeah well i mean that's that's the thing is that sometimes you know as we've said before on the podcast game developers need to protect you from you you know because there have definitely been times where, where i was like this i'm the person putting this additional like layer of difficulty i'm the one who's trying to get the happy chemical drip from getting the blue metal you know <laughs> i don't I don't need this, you know, and 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 fortunately, I've in my old age, I've gotten better at recognizing when I'm starting to exhibit that behavior and putting it down. But man, once in a while, everybody rolls that natural one, and uh, and then the worst thing is that I don't know if this is true for you as well, but when I do roll fail my wisdom save and roll that natural one, um, I am fully thralled by the game, so I'll snap at people, you know, like because you know no you become a belligerent defender of your own bad decisions yes and 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 all of a sudden i'm like 14 again and my mom is saying well maybe if you're so mad at the game you should just turn it off i'm like no guess the game's fine you know and so then and then you know i've got to calm down and and to your point of it being uh 3d celeste teddy has picked celeste back up um which is uh and i just i had this like because parenting is all about you know dizzying highs and crashing lows right you know had a couple of lows this week but one of the, uh, the the highs was literally I came downstairs because uh, he was playing Celeste. I went upstairs, used the bathroom, come back downstairs, and I heard the poof, right? You know, um, I can't see the TV yet, and I just hear this. <sighs> I was like, "Yes, good. Are you breathing to calm Control yourself down?" He's like, those yeah. emotions." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, I just needed to breathe for a second. And I was like, "Good, good." You know, and I was like. I, Oh man, that 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 game just did maybe ten years of saved me ten years of psychology or psychiatry or or added ten. I don't know, but you know, uh, yes. Yeah, so so to your point, you know, sometimes uh, games where they don't build in those rails for you can be uh, problematic. Yeah. Uh, tell me about how you are going off the rails on Darkest Dungeon because this has got to be your fourth circle back, maybe yeah. more. Yeah, it's at least at least my third. With this particular playthrough, one of the things that I so and I've done stuff similar to this in the past, but I think I finally got the formula right. Which is in the past, what I would do is I I'd, I'd name the characters after people that I actually knew because then it would like make it more intense when they were getting hurt. But then you know when they died, just be like, oh well, now this person is Joe number two or David the the third or whatever. You know, it's their child. So this time through. I decided to name it again after people I know, mostly people that I work with, you know, because I'm oh, no. playing it with a work friend, you know? 
Yeah. Um, so, so this has added a number of different things, uh, uh, additional constraints, which is one, um, I was, he was like, oh man, you gotta, you gotta get this one character class. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I've got two of those. You know, it was a plague doctor. He's like, oh, plague doctors are the best. You have to get at least a third one. I was like, eh, I've got two. I don't know if I can get a third. And he's like, are they not showing up for you? I'm like, no, I just don't know who I'd name them after, you know? <laughs> so the name has to match the class. Yes. Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I said, you know, like I, I named myself, uh, the, the, one of the crusaders cause I'm like, they're big and tanky, you know, and, and I'm not very religious, but you know, like the way they function it, cause sometimes it can be based off of mechanics. It could be based off of looks, you know, but if I can somehow say, you know, like the plague doctor is named after, um, an, uh, one of my peers who's just very methodical and careful with the way that he approaches things. I'm like, yeah, it feels kind of like a doctor, you know? Um, uh, the uh, uh, the barbarian is named after somebody who you know she's just very very passionate you know and so yeah I'm like oh yeah yeah that 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 feels right uh, the all of the occultists are named after our IT people because that feels kind of like a cult <laughs> you know like they've got a whole bunch of knowledge that nobody really understands you know and one of them is a guy I played D and D with and <laughs> I was going through uh, one adventure and and he was in my party and one of the occultist abilities is that instead of the Vestal will heal for like seven to eight hit points. The Occultist heals for zero to 19 hit points, right? So dizzying highs, crashing lows, right? And so I was going in through like a, a dungeon and he heals for one hit point. And I was like, well, that was a wasted turn. Let's try that again. So the next round comes around, heals for two hit points. And I was like, okay, this is becoming more and more dire. Heals for zero hit points and causes Ooh. bleed. And I was like, and the character's name is Obi, which is the name of the person. I was like, okay. So then I went to play D&D, and I said, Obi, look at me. Get your together, okay? <laughs> I'm playing this game, and you have been a disaster the last two times I brought you into the dungeon. I will, I will kick you out, which actually brings me to the next thing is I won't dismiss people. Once, so when I bring them off of the Wait, carriage, if I see it, Can they become broken beyond repair? No, it's just how expensive are they to repair? Okay, but but no one is no uh no one in your party is like irredeemable. No, no, they they they're all fixable, just like like real people, and that's that's kind of where I'll get to, which is is the the main thing I think is so fascinating about this game. But uh um they they can they can never become broken beyond repair. Uh, but so um the thing is, I won't when when I pull people off of the carriage, and I I don't name them immediately, but the minute that they go on an adventure, I name them. And then they're part of the narrative, right? Which means I won't dismiss them, you know? So no matter how poorly they fit or how all of this sort of stuff, I'm like, no, I have to, I can't just dismiss Obi, you know? He's, <laughs> that, that make me a monster, he's right? He's part of you the know? team. Yeah, he's part of the team now, you know? I gotta, I gotta carry these people. Um, so that, and then, uh, and so then when people die, it's, it's, it's upsetting, you know? Because like... <laughs> literally the first one i lost was somebody actually that i named from my qa team you know and i told i told her about this like everybody that i work with knows you know so they they, they're like yeah this is kind of fun um so uh, i said like jan i'm so sorry i lost you man like i just (laughs) it it, it, there was nothing i really could have done you took a critical hit which dropped you to zero hit points which put you on death door and you were bleeding and then that first bleed damage immediately caused a death blow i didn't have no one could heal you before you died And, and you went from like three quarters health to nil nil health in one round you know so i was like there's there's nothing i could do i'm sorry you know she's like like well i have a go around I'm like oh no you 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 had the best run you know like 
<laughs> you did, you did so good. Yeah, champ, you, you saved yeah. the town. Yeah, you know, and so uh, so then about once every 50 weeks, like 50 sessions, you know, um, there, there's a chance that you can bring someone back to life. And I've only lost three people so far. So now all of a sudden it's like, which which one of these people do you want to bring back? I was like, it's got to be Jan, man. You know, so I texted her triumphant and said, <laughs> Jan, I brought you back. This is great news. And then uh, the response was, weren't you supposed to be hanging out with your wife today? And I said, shut up. <laughs> so, um, Jan, so, yeah, this so, is why I let you die in the first place. <laughs> yeah, you know what? No one's talking to you, Jan. <laughs> Get back to work, um, both in the game and in real life. But uh, no, so so that's the additional layer of difficulty I have foisted upon myself. You know, is this and and you know, and and literally, it's already had in-game repercussions. Where at one point, myself and Steve uh, got hit with like a big attack. Right? So we're both, you know, we're both a little low on health. And I was like, it makes more sense to heal Steve because he's a little bit lower on health and he has a bleed damage. But I like me more than Steve. <laughs> So I'm gonna heal me. You know? <laughs> I just play one less degree fast and loose with myself, you know. Um, so anyway, so that that's that. But the thing that I think is so awesome about this game is the way that it it's it is. I honestly think a a great training tool for managers because you are the manager in this scenario, right? Like you bring people into your employ and. You know, you have to deal with their, I mean, most of the time in most fields, you don't have to deal with people's hit points, but, um, and you're familiar, are you familiar with the stress mechanic in the game? Yeah. Uh, once you are stressed beyond some certain amount, you, I think you, the player lose control of the character. Is that right? So like they start a little bit. Yeah. They, they start acting erratically or like you, you can't control them on a given turn. Yeah. So basically is that, you know, they they get stressed and once they hit half stress half of their full amount of stress that they can have um they can either uh become virtuous or uh lack of virtue right so and virtuous is like a 10% chance it's really really low right um uh, most of the time they'll become abusive or fearful or uh masochistic like some type of affliction to where their their mind's broken a little bit you know uh and so then uh they will uh be to, if they're masochistic and you try to heal them, sometimes they'll just say like, no, I want to be hurt. Oh, and, <laughs> and and you can't heal them for that turn, you know? Um, they, they they will berate your party. Like, you know, so one person will hit something and they'll say like, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were trying to kill it. So that will stress the rest of your party out because they become belligerent, you know? They're just, they're awful, you know? It's not, not, not great, right? <laughs> and the thing is that hit points heal at the end of every adventure. Stress does not, you know? right. So stress carries over and diseases carry over, right? And so you have to treat those and that costs money, right? And so the thing is that like if all of a sudden you have somebody who is, you know, stressed out of their mind, they've got three diseases, I mean, there's a new person waiting in the wagon right there, you know? Right. And and if I recall correctly, because it's been a while since I played it, the things that relieve stress, it's not like a potion. It's like, oh, this person relieves stress like at this shop and this person relieves stress at this other place so early in the game you may literally not even have access to the thing that relieves stress so you will always have access correct like there's there's the bar and the uh church the, the, I think. the church right yeah. and the bar has three different ways to relieve stress and the church has three different ways to relieve stress and 
Oh, they can also get different, they all get different like positive quirks and negative quirks, you know? So they get more stressed in certain areas or one of them, you know, can become obsessed with death. And so if there's like certain types of curios in the dungeon, they will forcibly search them. Like they take the option (laughs) away from you. Uh, Kleptomaniac is one of them where they will open up a bag and then they take all of the loot like you don't get it they just pocket it all like it it, and there there are also positive quirks but uh, actually what happened was literally one of the quirks um is called deviant tastes right which means you cannot go to the brothel to relieve stress you're not allowed in there for reasons yeah it says (laughs) quote for reasons best left to discretion you know yeah, yeah. And so the first person to get that in, in, in my party was Steve's character, who I played D&D with, right? So I just took a picture of it, and I sent it to him, and I said, what did you do? And, and he says, I would appreciate your discretion in this matter, right? And then one of the other guys I played D&D with also happened to get deviant tastes. And so I sent a picture to him. I'm like, okay, at this point, am I missing something? You know, like, maybe, am I? Am what, what I, is am I weird? No. Yeah, right. Like, what what do you all know that I don't? And he said, here's the thing, man. Sometimes you go to the brothel on a Tuesday morning and uh, they'll they'll, they'll do certain things. And I said, like, if it's anything like a strip club on a Tuesday morning, I don't think I want to do that. (laughs) He goes, and thus deviant tastes. Right. (laughs) I was like, all right, well. Hence the need for discretion. (laughs) Correct. Yeah. Um, So I say all of that to say that. uh, So initially, so, so then. And you can upgrade the carriage, which brings you more recruits. And you can update, upgrade the uh, uh, guild, which lets you train people to be more powerful. So as they level up, because that's the other interesting thing is when they level up, they don't get new abilities. Like they, they, it only reduces how much stress they get from being in the dungeon because it's their resolve level. If you want them to be better at stuff, you have to train them. You know, right? So levels are kind of meaningless. Well, no, the levels caps how much they can be trained right so oh i see so if you resolve level three then you can have up to level three skills but you have to pay them that's you know you you can't be level one with level three skills but you can be level three with level one skills right you know yeah so um so the so i say all of that to say that uh you know everything i read online read online said here's what you do is if you want to maximize for the game um you upgrade the coach right and just you know the minute somebody becomes stressed or problematic you kick them out and you get a new person in right and uh and i I was like well that is a very distinct philosophy i'm going to see if you can actually be a good manager in this game and if that's possible and and how's the game incentivize it and i actually make the argument that the game incentivizes being a good human because on its face you think it incentivizes you to just treat people like cattle and like move them through the system and grind but if you when you go into the dungeon if you make sure that the things that the people are doing isn't overwhelming because they'll let you overwhelm them right but if you're like no you're level four so you can do like a medium or an easy quest so i'm gonna go ahead and let you do an easy one get you a little bit more powerful i won't send you into the dungeon unless you have the best possible equipment for it you know and I am going to take care of you. So I'm going to upgrade the things that make you more effective as a human, as opposed to upgrading the thing that allows me to throw you to the wolves and bring a new person in to replace you. And I have played through, like I said, up to this this point in the game. And normally you would have lost dozens of people. I've only lost three, you know? And so the game actually, I think, it, and this is the thing I think is so fascinating, is that on its face is it says like, 
Yeah, if you want to be successful and get things done in the world, you have to treat people like objects and treat them like numbers and their numbers in a spreadsheet and push them through, right? But I'm like, no, I don't think that that's the message of the game. I think that the message, if you do that, that's on you because it's still the game still gives you, the player, a choice of what type of manager you're going to be. And the thing is, you can be a good manager. It takes a lot more work and it's more time consuming, just like in real life, but it can be done. Is there, I, I'm hopefully they did not intend this when they designed the game. Cause that would be, well, I don't know, maybe interesting, but is there like a, like a critique of late stage capitalism here, which is if you completely disregard human life, that's how you become a billionaire, right? Like Jeff Bezos loses no sleep over his delivery people pissing in bottles. He loses sleep over that being in the news, right? It's not that it's happening. It's that he's catching flack for it. So you have to have a complete disregard for human life to reach the highest levels of success, which in this case would be like having the easiest path to beating the game or beating the game the fastest, right? Where you just grind through people and you have a machine that brings in new, better people because, hey, you're Amazon or you're the Walt Disney Corporation or you're Google and people just want to work for you, the ancestor, right? So there's... There's that method, and then there's the, you can still reach super high levels of success, but it's a little slower, it takes a little more work, it doesn't seem as obvious up front because you have to invest more, and that can also bring you tremendous success. Where the failure lies is in the middle, right? Because like a lot of virtues, the the true middle path is actually not virtuous, it is like lazy virtuous. So if you have a regard, a strong regard for human life, but only when it's like really bad, when there's really bad press or when, you know, someone who uh, it's like, oh, my family just had a new baby. Please don't send me into the dungeon. And it's like, well, I guess I'll give you a break. But this other guy who's got a sick aunt, like, I don't really care about that as much. So he's going into the dungeon. Right. And then like, so sometimes you're making spreadsheet decisions and sometimes you're trying to make empathetic human decisions. Like, that way lies madness, right? That way lies <laughs> failure because it's like you now you have picked the worst parts of both systems. You are investing and then sometimes losing your investments. And then other times you refuse to invest and then you have to go into battle with these people you have not invested in that you're like, oh no, we lost Jonathan. I feel so bad about this. And it's like now <laughs> you, you've, you've picked the worst half of both of those extremes. Well, and the interesting thing, too, is that, uh, so yes, it, 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 I would agree with that, is that you either need to be a complete sociopath and or be a complete altruist, right, you know? Um, and I think that it's similar to Nier Automata, is that being virtuous is actually being virtuous because it takes more time on you, the player. Like, you have to spend more time doing the thing that, you know, if you were just willing to throw people at the wolves, you'd throw them in there with, like, little regard like no equipment no whatever um if you if you tell them to leave before completing the mission that stresses them out but if you're just gonna throw them away anyways it doesn't really matter you know um spend all of your money on like maybe the the, the top one percent you know your, your your real crew you know and then just grind through everybody else you will get through the game faster if you do it the way i did it, it takes substantially longer but it actually is i believe the better way to go but it took more time for me george you know so it's actually a you know it's not like oh well if i do the altruistic thing the game will reward me it's like no it won't it will tacitly punish you by taking away more of your life (laughs) but it is the correct 
the the the, the virtuous thing to do. And I, I really like games that kind of give you that um, degree of uh, of uh, uh, automata. <laughs> but it, it's almost like uh, be, because as far as I know, currently video games are not actually sentient. So when you put a game like this in front of someone or any game where they have to really kind of go out of their way to make empathetic moral choices for things that are things, right? They're not, you've named them after people, you know, to help fool your brain into caring about them, but they're not, they don't actually have feelings, right? They're not really under stress, but there's kind of like certain kinds of games can work on your hand-eye coordination, you could probably make a similar argument that it's like, oh, certain kinds of games can work on like your ability to work through empathy as a way to make decisions. Like, how do you as a person make an empathetic choice given a complicated, messy circumstance, right? And I respect that there's probably one of our listeners right now who's like, you guys, oh my lord, it's, it's, it's what, what are you doing? Like, this, it's, it's game. <laughs> this game is not a training tool for how to make empathetic people. We have better tools for that. Yes, yes, we absolutely have better tools for training empathetic people, but we also have better tools for teaching hand-eye coordination. Like, there, there is, <laughs> there is some silver lining in here about how you get a person to, as a reflex, go through the steps of what do I need to do to make this person successful? Not what do I need to do to make the numbers line up to the, cause there's plenty of games like that. If you just want to make all the numbers at the bottom of the spreadsheet, black instead of red, like that, there are tons of games like that. Factorio exists, right? Like you, you can, you could play a game like that, but I, I do. I, I played darkest dungeon and I remember bailing on it because I was like, this game is asking something of me. Like, I don't, I don't want to pay this price. Right. But the the framing device that you're giving to it, even though it's completely self-imposed, I'm kind of like, uh, uh. <laughs> maybe. Well, and one of the other things too that I think is because I do think that this game is management 101 in the same way that D and being a DM in D and D is management 101, right? It's like you got to keep everybody rowing in the same direction and chide people who start rowing in the wrong direction, but not so hard that they quit. You know, like you know, it's. <laughs> It's 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 that. I mean, but like one of the other things I found very helpful is that, you know, there are mini bosses, you know, um, before like the big boss, you know. Uh and so when you go through and first of all, oh my god, the stories behind them are just I mean, whoever they got to do the ancestor just tens across the board, man. He's just amazing, you know. Um and and there's one particular person who's the the prophet who whose story I think is the best. But when you go in to uh face them you you win the stage when you beat this big bad right so what i have to constantly remind myself of while i'm going through that is i am here to do one thing and that is beat that big bad which means that there's any side stuff that i would normally do uh additional treasures anything i could do to make this run more successful is not the point of this run the point of this run is to kill that guy you know and so that's very helpful because then once if I kill him and I'm still in great shape, I'm like, okay, we can like loot around a little bit more. But oh, so you can don't you choose when you leave. It doesn't just like smash cut back to the town. That's the awesome thing is once you complete the task, it gives you the option. It says you can go back to the hamlet or you can stay. And at that point, you can leave whenever you want. You just can't leave in the middle of a battle, you know. Um, And uh, yeah, and and actually, so the 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 prophet's story. So each one has three phases, like an easy, medium and then hard. Um, so each one you get a snippet of the story, right? So you'll get a snippet of the story, and then like two days later you'll get the next snippet, and it, which paces it really well. But basically, as he says, you know, like, 
um, as I was working towards my 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 end goal, uh, a man came through prognosticating pretty much exactly what I was doing. You know, he goes like, and that became troublesome. You know, and this person is like in stocks, and he has he's like blindfolded, and he's holding something in his hand, and like one of his hands out of the stocks. He's got knives in his back, and you're like, what, what's going on with this guy? And so, uh, so the second one is he says, you know. The resiliency of the prophet truly staggered me. He seemed to continue to bounce back from, you know, the frigid lake or the knives I imposed ever so enthusiastically into his back. You know, but no matter what, he kept coming back, right? And then he says, uh, um, he says, Af- after his resiliency proved to, to be a match for me, I, the next time he returned, I took him and into the basement and I showed him my grand work. And then I, I, I watched gleefully as he tore the eyes from his own face. And then you realize that that's what he's holding in his hand. Right. You know? And it's just like, God, what were you doing, man? (laughs) (laughs) And there's one other thing that the game does, and this is my old spoiler for this game, and then I'll stop stop gushing, but uh, this is what we're here for, Um, is is that, so I did beat the first round of the Darkest Dungeon before, right? And the... I had what I imagined the game developers wanted for this experience. So this is a minor spoiler, right? But uh, is it so you beat the first round of it, right? And so I'm like, okay, and it's 11 o'clock at night because I've been playing for a while. So it's dark. I'm tired. I'm alone because Megan was out of town, you know? And so the perfect setup for this, right? And so I was like, do I want to do the next round of this? Like I can, I can maybe, maybe I should stop. And then I looked up and they have the little portraits of everybody going down the side. And one of the portraits looked like the monster I just killed. Right. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, what? And I looked and it wasn't there anymore. And I was like, I'm looking this up right now. <laughs> I was like, I need to know right now if the game's with me, you know? And it was like, that's what it's been. And he does a whole bunch of other little things, but uh, like that, where it, 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 you know, little sanity checks. But I was like, that, that feeling of self doubt, I was like, that's what they wanted. And, and and some some developer somewhere got their wings you know yeah right now there's uh <laughs> there's no better game than a would you call this gothic horror is this does yeah, this oh, yeah. gothic horror okay yes yeah I'm, I'm i'm never quite sure what the gothic modifier refers to uh normally it refers to uh um uh, so so typically uh the 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 big big large buildings gloomy area uh vampires werewolves uh victorian era like that typically falls all falls under gothic horror there's also like so the cosmic s- horror the, the spooky version of like medieval fantasy yeah spooky medieval fantasy i would say that this one also towards the end drifts into like it, it, it actually uses all uh not all of them but the, the three i'd say it uses gothic horror is like kind of the theming it also does a fair amount of body horror you know mm, where like yeah yeah a lot of the know, monster design yeah is it falls under body horror and then towards the end i think it leans heavily on cosmic horror you know which is the we're so small in the universe and there's things 10 times bigger than us that could kill us without thinking kind of a thing yeah, i don't i don't remember if i ever told you this but the last time you were in deep in the darkest dungeon uh and and we were talking about it i was like am i ever gonna finish this game no i'm not i want to know what the project was so i just went and looked it up so nice so like i do actually have like a rough idea of like what he was doing and like what the final boss and kind of like the conclusion of the narrative is like and um yeah yeah it strays into cosmic horror (laughs) yeah 
yeah a little bit yeah yeah no i I think i'm gonna give like this one last like real thrust into it and then if i can't beat it this time because the next one's coming out i'm just gonna look it up but yeah because the last time i beat the first one beat the first dungeon went into the second one catastrophic failure so i you know like i lost three people and did not beat it you know uh went in again lost another two people and the other two people that i had were very broken by the end of it and i was like and i just set it down and then didn't come back to it you know i just got distracted but i was like no this time but this time it's it's way worse because i'm like i i'm, I'm literally at the point where now i'm like okay i've beaten all the mini bosses i've built all the structures i've kind of done all the infrastructure building that i reasonably can do and i'm like i need to i need to go in there man i gotta i got I, if i'm gonna beat the game i gotta do this but I don't want to lose Steve and and January just came back and I don't, I don't know, man. Like there's just, they, they, they might not make it. You know. So th- this is an important mechanical question. Um, because I, I recently played final fantasy eight, which I will crap on probably in the next episode of we do of this. Um, the, that game does something that not all final fantasies do. In fact, I would say most final fantasies don't do, which is monsters scale with the party. Right? So, you think of like JRPG, you can grind your way out of any problem. And that is possible in Final Fantasy VIII when you're leaning into its mechanics. But you can't just say, oh, I am now a higher level than all the monsters because that moment actually never comes, right? Which is, it's it's a choice, right? Like not all Final Fantasies work that way and not all RPGs tend to work that way. Does Darkest Dungeon have any mechanism to grind up to success or is there a ceiling that even when you reach it, the game is still hard. Like, can you have a super powered party and just go in and trounce the last boss if you're willing to pour a bunch of time into it? No. Okay. I I didn't think so. Yeah, because that would be very antithetical to you know what and, and everything. Actually, yeah, to, to the entirety of the game. And actually, what they do is I would argue even more insidious is that there's three levels. Uh, there's four levels of difficulty. There's easy, medium, hard, and darkest you know and so um you know and and so all of the the monsters so if you go to the coves and you do an easy adventure all of the monster models are the same they're just they they all have lower hit points and their two hit is lower and all this sort of stuff so if you're level 1 in an easy adventure it'll be moderately difficult right but you can be up to level 4 and still do easy adventures at that point once you get once you become level 5 they literally say i am beyond this you are wasting my time oh that's right and they will piss off they, they they just will refuse to do that quest. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So so there is like they will only do things they think are worth their time, which means you can't possibly level them beyond Right. Well there's some, there's some that cap. aspect of yeah. it. Right. But that's the thing is that if you go into an easy quest with level four people, you're gonna you're gonna walk through it pretty easily, right? To the point where I, I actually stress tested it a little, little bit and I um I snuffed all of my candles and I went through the whole dungeon like in complete darkness. And I still actually came out relatively okay you know um god the music is so amazing because the music changes the darker it gets you know and oh it's so intense especially because i was in the <laughs> warrens which is where the pig monsters are and there is consistent squealing of pigs in the background when you let the torch get that low and it's just eerie <laughs> and unsettling and i was like mechanically this makes sense i george may not be able to deal with this for too much longer like i don't like this i'm my, gonna turn on a candle because my stress is, meter is filling <laughs> yeah you know but uh um but then so the thing though is that the 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 darkest dungeon is of darkest difficulty which means that 
Um, anybody, I think, level five or lower won't touch it. They, they literally say, like, don't. It's suicide. Like, if you send me to this, I'm going to die, you know. Um, but even with level six, it's it's difficult, you know. So the thing is that, like, if you do what I've been doing, which is, you know, you always send them you always send them to, like, lower level stuff than what they can handle. So that way you build them up and you get them the best equipment. You actually can get a little complacent with how difficult the game is so then when you do something that's appropriately leveled now all of a sudden you're like what do you mean i missed again no come on man like focus you know (laughs) well and there's also uh just like straight up random chance right because not only are the the monsters harder and they they hit harder and they cause different status abilities and stuff more frequently but like you may also just have a run of bad luck. So you might go in level is six, the highest level. Yeah. Yeah. So you might go in, you know, the, a full party that's fully leveled. They're well balanced. Cause there's a bunch of different classes, right? So like you have, you have a group that works well together, right? Just like you would want to do with like a project team. Like, right. Exactly. They got, right. They got, got everything they need. together. They're cohesive. Yep. Like, and just then just, and then COVID, <laughs> you know, like that's absolutely, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely a thing that can happen. And the thing is that they give you a ton of information. So you can highlight a person and it'll say, like, you've got an 85% chance to hit this guy, you know? And you're like, all right. And it'll say, miss. And you're like, all right, all right. Next person, 85% chance to hit this guy. And you're like, take that swing, miss. And you're like, okay, all right, I can take it on the chin twice, but I need this next one to hit, miss. And you're like, okay, that's like a one in 200 chance of that happening. And so then all of a sudden you're like, you start to become paranoid. And you're like, is, is it actually an 85% chance game? Or are you messing with me? And are you changing stuff under the hood? Because I, I do think that just having played it as much as I do, I do think that there's, they they pick the struggle they want you to have and then change the math a little bit. Because there was one time where uh, one of the things you have to do is uh, pick up like uh, a certain type of curio, right? You have to go through, pick it up, right? And uh, I had the antiquarian in my party, which means I, I was getting tons of extra loot, right? I, got, I was getting a lot of extra loot. And the problem is, as the ancestor will tell you, is packs laden with loot are often low on supplies, you know? And so the problem was I got to the very end because I was like, okay, there's two curios up in the corner. It has to be, the last thing I'm looking for has to be one of those two. And I wasn't touching anything else because that's not what I'm there for. I'm there for this thing. And so I go check both areas. Neither one was the thing I was looking for. And I look back through this huge dungeon. I'm like, that means I missed it. And it's one of these. And I was like, and I don't have enough food to backtrack all of this way. <laughs> I, I've got all of this stuff in my bag, but I don't have enough supplies to go backtrack this far. So I was like, I think I can make it. I think I can make it, you know? So I start backtracking and then they're like, hey, uh, your team's hungry and you don't have any food. So uh, you let them starve. And I'm like, I don't have another option. So they lose like a third of their hit points and get really, they, they, they really hate it when you starve them. You know, they get, they get upset. So they get really stressed out. I'm like, all right, all right, guys, come on, come on. It, 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 it's got to be this one. Get a little bit farther and they're like, hungry again. Weird. They're just getting really hungry a lot. And I'm like, all right, guys, just, I can see it. I can see it. Like, just, just starve one more time for me. And now I've got one that's abusive and the other one's become hopeless, you know, like, so they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're falling apart, man. One of them's so stressed out that they, uh, when they, when their stress gets all the way to the top, they risk a heart attack and dying. You nice. know, so it, they're, they're two pips away from heart attack levels of stress. And I, I get to that cur- curio, and it wasn't the thing I was looking for, which means it's one of the other ones. And I was like, oh, guys, that's it. We got it. We got it. We got to pack it in, man. Pack, you know, pack like, it in. We did our yeah. best. 
Yeah, wrap it up. So I, I sent them all home, and they all survived. And you know, like I was like, all right. And then I had to put one of them in the sanitarium, you know, and and just <laughs> like un un not the the stressed mess I had made here. And I was like, all right, well, you you gotta you're gonna need to flagellate yourself. Um, that's uh the only way to get you de-stressed fast enough. And and then and then one of them went missing afterwards because that's a thing that can happen. They can just off for a sorry i'm swearing a lot um they can just they can just screw off for like around and just put a question mark and i and, and normally i'm like what the hell but this one was like no i get it actually like that was that was a bad one guys like, <laughs> you take the time you need you know aren't you gonna go after him no it'll come back when he's ready it'll come back when he's ready and um and actually steve said to me because he's also playing through he's he said like as I said, yeah, it took me like four rounds because, you know, while they are idle, they're doing stuff. And, and so you have to go into the dungeon with other people, right? I was like, it took me four rounds to like properly unknot that mess that I had made. And Steve goes, well, I mean, you know, there's an easy way to get around that. And I said, well, what? And he goes, well, just send four people into the dungeon, immediately have them leave, and then dismiss them. And I said, yeah, that's a way to do that. But I don't want to be that CEO. That's not me, you know. It's not the company we're running here at Ancestor Corp. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but yeah, it's a good game. I, I recommend it. I I have a suspicion. Uh, just looking through the the backlog of topics here, it's like, oh man, we touched on like two of these, right? Because like the game does. It even in the brief time I played Darkest Dungeon, like there's uh like a thousand things it's doing to support the horror which i feel like you have to do you could be lazy about fantasy i feel like lazy horror comes across more obviously right so uh we're we're probably gonna hear about darkest dungeon again oh almost certainly and and actually (laughs) i thought of a great I, i know i shared this with you but i think this is the best analogy which is it's like um a comedian said like jump scares in horror is lazy that would be like if i if i a comedian went into the audience and tickled everybody and said well you laughed i did my job you know like <laughs> so to your point right is it yeah lazy horror it's like oh no you jump no okay you know but yeah this this it does a lot of work to be like eh, you're really tiny you know that right <laughs> <laughs> you small little player um i don't think we have like a formal way to wrap these up yet so uh if you want to give us feedback about what you think about this episode structure and you made it this far, now's the time to do that. Because if you made it all the way to the end, you'll probably say it was good. So now now, now we're asking for feedback about this episode structure. That seem, is that fair? Are we biasing the audience too much by doing that? I don't think so. No, no, no. I- except for the fact that if you give us good reviews, um, and if we get uh, uh, 10,000 likes, then um, uh, lions will slap me into a pool. You know, so... This is definitely a true thing that is now a verbal contract. Exactly, you know, because because uh, that, that that's one of the things. Oh, maybe <laughs> maybe instead of doing the names for the patrons on this one, that's what I can do is the new thousand dollar thing, the thousand dollar tier, thousand dollar tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, you know what? This this is our space now. We could do anything. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone. There's no player two. 
there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head from the time that you spent traversing the land. Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creep in with the edge of a smile. You realize again what you lost for a while. You gotta think back much less on how you saved the day than on all the experience gained. Along for the ride.